Hello, my loves, Julia Renee here. Just wanted to pop on real quick to talk about our monthly giveaway. All you have to do to win is rate and review the show, and every month we're going to pick one lucky winner from the reviews to get a prize. Whether it's supplements, clothing, gift cards, or any other cool prize that I can't really think of right now. Your feedback really means a lot to us, and it's going to help us grow the podcast. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Know Your Power podcast. I'm your host, Julia Renee. And Kendall Graboff. And today, guys, in the studio, we have our bestie, Erica Sky. So Woo! happy to be here. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. We the, were The upgrade looks so good. Nice. Thank you. Oh, guys, we are so... If you guys haven't seen our new podcast set up on the YouTube channel, head over to the YouTube channel and you can actually see us like sitting and talking and see what our guest actually looks like. So we're pretty um, legit now. We like to think. We got the full setup. Twenty twenty three. Let's go. Yeah, Let's right. Go. We're already moving on up, guys. Just f- before we get started, it's a Sunday. <laughs> it's, uh, a, it's a Sunday, and it feels like seven a.m. and it's literally one thirty p.m. Yeah, and we both hung out. I like all three of us hung out yesterday, so like my brain's already fried. I don't know about you guys. So yeah. A little bit, but it'll be more organic that way. Exactly. Yeah, that's. I love the podcast when we're not super planned and mm. we're like a little sleepy and like. Yeah. I guess like we're just more authentic that way. Like we're not reading a script. It's very true. Yeah. Like oh, one of our podcasts, the most recent one with just Kendall and I, people loved it so much, and they kept put, putting on our Facebook group. Skinny legend, all because we said skinny legend. I was like, like it was like so a many times. Drink every time you hear us say skinny legend. That those episodes are my favorite too because like I watch them back and I laugh mm-hmm. and like they always weirdly like don't perform as well and I'm like I don't even care. Like I like those the best. Yeah, true. Sorry, no, you're Erica's good. trying to adjust <laughs> her thing. She's a she's tall, tall girl. Is that good? I don't yeah. know. Mine's a little low too, so I'm just kind of slouching. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah, you you're good. Like you're good. Anyways, guys, we got Erica Sky here. And look, we've had her on the podcast before, but it was us three plus Gabby. So we feel like her story kind of just got lost because there's so many of us. So we really wanted to just go back to the beginning. Like you own your own business now. Like there's so many things that you have going for you. But we wanted to start way back when because we know that you weren't always like this. Maybe you weren't always into fitness. Maybe there was some struggles along the way. So where did your fitness journey actually start? So for me, I think it started in sports for sure. Definitely like seventh, eighth grade. I did basketball and volleyball and tennis and did varsity tennis. And um, from there, I really got into, I was struggling, like high school was hard. So I was going through a lot of shit at home and I didn't know how to channel that at the time. And I wasn't really a partier. I mean, I did a little bit, but not that much. And I was like, oh, if I just put all this pain into fitness, it'll also benefit me positively. So why not just invest it here? Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I was like 18, or actually, sorry, rewind. I got back into CrossFit. I became a CrossFit um, trainer for children. I didn't know that. Mm, Mm -hmm. That was where I started. So I started in CrossFit, got my CrossFit cert, trained kids, and then um, got into competing myself. And that's sort of like just what started fitness, I guess, sports, and then all of that. Through that, because the one thing that you said that really resonated with me is that you were going through a lot during that time and you use fitness as an outlet. Do you ever feel like during that time you use fitness as an outlet, but it affected you negatively? Like you actually never dealt with the real things that were going on and maybe fitness was used as a mask over it? Um, that's a good question. I feel like initially it was really good because like it, you know, like that initial, like you're getting in there, you need that escape, you need that release and a positive thing. And then I think maybe later on, um, I could see that definitely like going into the shows, thinking more about my outward appearance versus my internal appearance. Um, and then later on during my fitness journey, which we can talk about that sort of shifted, but I think at the the time it was like, Oh, I want to look like this. And yeah, I might've distracted some of my pain, um, through that as well, Mm -hmm. for sure. Well, when you were competing, you competed in bikini, correct? Mm -hmm. How many times did you compete? Just once. Just once. And what was that experience like? Mm. Did you like it? Was it difficult? Like, would you ever do it again? Currently, I wouldn't do it again. I'm not quite interested. Maybe um, later to try to do it like on a plant-based diet, that'd be cool because I haven't done that. That would be cool. Um, But it was... It was really good. It challenged my mind. It was the first um, place in space that really taught me whatever you put your mind to, you can conceive because obviously I didn't look like that. And then you transform and you're like, oh, okay, I got this. Yeah. Like even if you don't see it the first four weeks or eight weeks, then the 12 weeks, it's like it really taught me that compound effect. But it was 
it was really stressful on my body. I did a lot of cardio. I was really in a bad mental space. I was really restricting my eating. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of positives, a lot of, a lot of negatives, but I've learned through that, I guess. Yeah. Do you feel like any of those negatives affected you afterwards? Was it difficult kind of getting back to your normal life? Yes. And that's one thing that I feel like I would love to talk about is that after competing, I exploded. I gained like 20 to 30 pounds. It was like not sustainable. I was doing so much cardio and I just got into such a low space because I didn't know how to control that weight. I was like, oh, I always wanted to look like this. And then I somehow got to a place where I was happy. And then all of a sudden I started eating normally and boom, like, I felt like lethargic. I felt heavy. I didn't feel good. I didn't feel strong anymore. My body was very fatigued. So even after you got more calories in. Yeah. I think because of that, like when you, when you're at such a fragile state from not eating enough calories to even support your hormonal functions, let alone like a healthy lifestyle, Mm -hmm. when you rebound and end up putting on excess weight, that dramatic shift into now how much weight your joints have to handle. And just, that's just one of like a hundred aspects. Sort of like, or like sleeping, like um, a good amount is good, but you oversleep and then you're extra tired. Like I felt like my body went to the spiral and then definitely immensely because I was looking in the mirror and I was so unsatisfied Mm -hmm. and I couldn't keep up Mm -hmm. and I didn't, you know, that was, that was a struggle for sure. Looking back at it now, because it's been several years, right, since your show? I was 18. Okay. So it's been over 10 years, right? right? It's been a long time. Okay. So looking back at it now, do you think you actually did gain a ton of weight, or do you think some of that was just body dysmorphia at the time? No, I definitely did. I I definitely gained a lot of weight because I was so restricting myself. Now Mm -hmm. I have trained my metabolism to be able to eat what I can eat and look how I look now. Mm -hmm. But then if I would be eating what I ate – because I was restricting and at such a, a low maintenance level. Whenever and I, at such a young age. Right. Yeah. So then whenever I had that, I just, it was not, it wasn't healthy. That was one of our first like really deep conversations. I remember we went paddle boarding and I brought up that I was like, at the moment struggling with food and like trying to get a grasp on it and you had mentioned like that you have to eat a ton of calories to even like maintain your weight now and you were like but it wasn't always like this right mm-hmm. you were like me back then so 100%. It's, it's crazy how your body like changes and evolves do you think switching to veganism is what did that for you or do you think it was multiple things i think after that show um i immediately realized okay like how can i do this in a sustainable way so i really started researching um if it fits your macros to try to understand that Mm -hmm. um you can also do that very unhealthy but if you understand that concept and like are able to balance it it's really beneficial Mm -hmm. um I'm sorry. Why did I forget the question? <laughs> I was asking if like switching to being vegan helped you get out of that overeating, um, non-sustainable type of pattern. Okay. Yeah. I, and so I think it first started like there and then, um, later for spiritual reasons, I switched to veganism and I just find in general, just the more that I've loved my body through the process of working out and eating, whatever that looks like, I look the best during then, whatever that is and feel the best during then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so funny too, how like it seems it seems just so simple like once you just fuel your body you stop eating when you're hungry i mean when you're stuffed and then it kind of just starts aligning it's so weird like it is so weird because i like we've had this conversation too or i hear your stories and i go back to the times where i literally had to put food in the trash can and like put ketchup on top of it so i wouldn't dig inside the trash can and eat mm-hmm. and this is when i was in crossfit like around 18 years old like really trying to like be super clean and paleo at the time and um I never thought I'd get to this point. So being here is really weird. Or like you said, like, oh my God, like I got to eat this much just to put on this is a weird feeling. Um, but yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's weird. You never thought you'd get there, but you do. Yeah, you know? because whenever you're in it, it just seems so impossible to get out because especially being at 18, like you're like, is this how life is always going to be? Am I always going to be over obsessing over the scale or how my body's looking or if I'm carrying a little bit of water? Is this always how it's going to be? And now you're going to be 30? This year. Yes, because it's a big birthday for her. You're going to be 30 (laughs) and now- Your passwords. Yeah, and now, for real. I got my birth certificate in the mail finally, so we're- We're We're going on a girl's trip. We're getting (laughs) steps, guys. I didn't have my, like, real birth certificate. For, like, forever. For, like, years, I had no idea why. Apparently, there's two different types. But, yes, big 30 trip. (laughs) Big 30. My brain's like trying to keep up right now, to be honest with you. My brain's mush. Um, I had a question and now I can't. Oh, uh, do you think that like negative rebound from the show is what deferred you from competing again? Do you think you would have kept competing otherwise? 
Maybe if I had a different experience. And like I said, I'm not opposed to it. I would like to do it in a different light this time now that mm-hmm. I have more knowledge. And I think that's yeah. really what it was. I also think you have a better relationship with yourself and food now. Right. So. Also, even just like I was 18, like you said, you go through coaches, you learn these. Like, I didn't know. I was still, this is my first, you know, experience. But um, I really think going back to like what you said, it was whenever I shifted that you don't have to, you have all these restrictions, all these fad diets. I don't know, like all these different ways to achieve. And you don't have to follow one of those. You really can listen to yourself and then feel good and go from there. I feel like when you're in a stress state, you really are holding on to weight. It's like if you're so forcing true. yourself. And so when I let go of that is honestly when I leaned out, which is wild because you would never think it would be that way. It's like, no, I need to control this. And I need to be more like this. Mm-hmm. But I feel with obviously putting in the work, like for sure. Exactly. And being cognizant of my macros. But I really do feel like that was like the biggest shift as far as my yeah. changing. So you feel like once you stopped putting that expectation on you of how you had to be and it had to be perfect and you had to eat these certain things, then weirdly you started losing weight. Right. Because (laughs) I wasn't. So when I was restricting, then we go back into that binge spot. So I would overeat. Now, if I want something sweet, I have it no matter what. And long-term it's more of a balance where I feel like it's not, you know, mentally affecting me. And then physically it's also okay. Yeah. So going back to like the points where you literally put ketchup on your food in the trash can, guys, I have done this before, but it's not been like ketchup. It's been more like, uh, like a bug spray or like Windex, you know, stuff like that, um, in different ways so I wouldn't eat the food. So this happened, I'm assuming like right after the show when you blew, when you kind of blew up and you kind of lost control because our life kind of moves in like a pendulum. Mm -hmm. If we, if we swing so far one way, which can be the over restrictiveness, there has to be that huge swing to the other side, which is either binge eating or, you know, putting on a lot of weight, you know, and then now you're kind of in the middle of that pendulum where it's like, you don't really over restrict. You eat what you want when you want to, but you're balanced. So What were you feeling in that moment when you were literally putting ketchup on food to try not to eat it? (laughs) So um, it was actually, it was probably when I was younger, like I think growing up before the show. After the show is when I was like, okay, I need to do something different because I worked so hard and like I blew up, you know? Um, But growing up, I think school was very different. Life was really different. Social media wasn't there. Curves weren't in. Um... I didn't have the physique I have now, but I definitely wasn't like a stick figure. And at the time, like that was like really, I don't know, like good in school. Mm -hmm. Also, um, now thinking back, which this is like, I don't know. But my boyfriend at the time, we had like broke up one time. Maybe we were in like seventh grade. And we shared a locker, right? And I opened my locker and I get to it. And I'll never forget this. And this is after we break up. And there's pictures of this um, fitness model. And I believe her name, I might be butchering it, is like Marzia prince or something like that and i looked her up she was gorgeous big titties beautiful abs <laughs> like just everything you know but i'm only in like seventh grade and this is like all over my locker after we broke up so i think it really like messed with my head was this his stuff no so like we broke up so he posted pictures of this girl on my locker so when i opened it i saw her i don't know what like, an asshole. Seventh grade. <laughs> but now that i'm just thinking this moment i like i feel like little things like that like also um put me in a situation where it's like okay like you know, like restrict or like you need to be like this or something. Even if it's not actively on your brain, like at a young age, seeing that and like seeing those images, which is why I'm so afraid for like our kids generation, like seeing that out of, cause that was in my locker. That wasn't every time I opened my phone. Yeah. That was one time, you know, but still it's like in your face and like coming from someone that I'm sure you loved and, um, as much as you can love someone in seventh grade. <laughs> it's true <laughs> love, man. It lasted throughout college. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. So yeah, you love this guy. Um, I'm sure it messes with you subliminally. Like right. that's always going to be in the back of your head. And I'm sure like it's not the only thing. It's like things, little things add up and put pressure on you externally. So then we start putting pressures on ourselves. Right. Also, my um, aunt and mom were really big into the fitness community when they grew up. So I always you know, saw that. And, um, so was my real father as well. So seeing those images also inspired me and like pushed me to really be on that level. Yeah. Yeah. Was your mom ever having you eat a certain way or like putting you on quote unquote diets at a young age because she was healthy or did she kind of let you find your own path? So, um, no, no, definitely not. She wasn't in that stage of her life whenever I came, I guess. And I think my aunt was like more driving her into it at the time. You want to check the dog? No, it's okay. Cause okay. my dogs probably uh, hear Zach coming inside right now. 
And then uh, Henry's fine. <laughs> okay. We have Henry in the we studio. We have a dog in the room. Which is, he's oh, so Oh, he's cute. so excited. He, we said his name and he went, hello? <laughs> we should take a picture of him. And he's so cute. <laughs> we should. Um, so your aunt was a little bit more into fitness. Right. So, and then when, when my mom had me, she was really into work. So I actually grew up eating pretty unhealthy at the time. So she okay. didn't she didn't put that on me. I just think I put it on myself a little bit. Like seeing yeah. those images, like, oh, I want to be like that. And yeah. um. And then also, like like I had said, like my dad was very into fitness as well. So I was just like, oh, like I don't know him. I want to be like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so it's just around you. Right. Yeah, because uh, I mean, what we surround ourselves is ultimately what we think we need to become, even if it's actually something that's not true to us at all. Like um, we're. I guess all currently watching Ginny and Georgia right now. <laughs> yeah. Us three. I, I finished it. They put me oh, on. Yeah, oh yeah. She finished Started it last night. Yes. Hello. I Ginny. literally That's told crazy. Julia to start watching it last week. This girl is on season two, episode six right now. I'm already she almost opens it done. Last, last night. Kendall's like, what? It's yeah. just watching it is so wild because it's set in like current day where there's TikTok and there's Instagram and they have phones. Like I'm even about, what a concept. Yeah, like I'm out, I'm about to be 26, but I didn't get a phone until I was a freshman in high school mainly because I was in a bunch of sports and I needed to tell my mom to come and get me. You know, but this is just so normal. Like they have phones, they're surrounded by social media and images of, you know, influencers, models, celebrities, and it's at their fingertips all the time. So I can imagine like how hard it was for you already growing up and you have like these things, but now I'm just genuinely scared for the kids growing That's what up I was now. Saying because 100%. I mean I'm a little younger than you guys, and I definitely grew up like I got my first phone when I was in like first grade, second grade. That's Same, so I did. Okay, wild. then again it was like a little slide up, whatever. Yeah. Um, but again, I was in sports and I would travel without my mom, which is why I got it. But then I got my first iPod, which had uh, I don't think Instagram was around yet, but like had Google Images obviously mm -hmm. on it um, when I was like nine or ten. So I was still like put in that world very young I started looking at looking at like images of girls that work out very young and I knew I took it in a motivational way but I know I definitely stole like developed my eating disorder because of that. I know it's it true. definitely hit me so young. I started doing an hour of Stairmaster and like not eating carbs at like 12 years old. Wow. Yeah. You know, what's crazy. There's actually, um, I was watching some documentary about like the evolution of dieting and like at one point there was, um, I think it was, was it Tumblr that was mm -hmm. like the cool, like emo thing to do. Yeah. Um, but there was like a, not like a thread. There's like a group there that was like, pro and anorexia we kind of talked group. about this on erica's podcast that hasn't come out yet but we'll which, be out soon. yeah i will say we can cut this out if you don't want to talk about it at oh, all no, no, um so we filmed an episode talking about kind of like our depression and right. um like touched on the topic of suicide and suicide attempts and i mentioned that that's how i found that was tumblr had a page like literally it promoting really, cutting your wrist yeah, like it's insane. So they promoted, they had no, um, I guess like safety or security settings on the app. So you could post like open wounds. You could post like someone clearly in the hospital for under eating so heavily. Like it's it's just, ins I, at least we've come from that. At least we've started restricting some content, but it's yeah. definitely still scary. That's like wild to me that that's even like a thing. Erica, did you ever see that when you were younger? Did you ever know of that? Tumblr was like, I feel that, like bigger. Do you need me to move, Henry? Please. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you guys at hear all. some whining, it's, it's an mainly, adorable little dog. It is. It's mainly my dogs making noise and then Henry being like, I'm feeling left out. <laughs> um, I wasn't on Tumblr, no. And I didn't, I didn't have, like I said, my social media wasn't what it is today. So that mm -hmm. I definitely feel for sure. It's going to be crazy. I mean, there's not studies on mental health yet because social media is so new and it's going to be really interesting. There's no studies on the mental health with social I, media? I mean, there probably are, but there's not enough time to have it gotcha. yeah, be valid. That's true. Like, yeah. there's not even 20, 40 years of this oh to see what, how it's going to turn out. Yeah. When does that time frame come? Right. I'm like, when, when was the start of social media? I don't remember when Instagram started. <laughs> it's true. I had a question also food related since we we're kind of on this topic. Um, when we had filmed that other podcast, we talked a little bit about how food can really transform your mental health. Mm -hmm. And I know that you've done a lot more research and looked into that a lot more than I have. And I, I do believe that. I think what you fuel your body with can fully change not only your physical health, but your mental and like internal health. What have you learned? What have you changed? What have you implemented? Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like right after that time of my show, I guess 18, 19 years old, 
when I went to, um, I went to a different trainer after that and he was very holistic based mm. and he really, really implemented a lot of this in my life. And he was very present in my life for about like maybe like three or four or five years. And, um, he taught me that as well. So at this time, not that I shared this with him, but I was also, as we talked about on the podcast, going through depression really bad. And, um, he just started talking about how food can like really alleviate that and, you know, open my eyes so that there's chemicals and food. So I really started to change my diet from there, um, and become more healthier. And I did, I saw a big, a big change mm-hmm. for sure. Mentally. Was this when you switched to being vegan or still not yet? At this time, I think I was pescatarian. So okay. yeah. So I wasn't eating like chicken, any white meat or steak or pork or anything like that, but I was still eating fish and eggs and a few um, dairy products. Do you remember any of the switches that you made immediately once you started working with that coach? Because I'm super curious. The I've first never- one was to get off birth control, period. Wow, That was really? the very first thing that he said, and I haven't been on it since, and that was like 19. Wow. Do you think that helped? 100%. Yeah. 100%. It, it changed my body composition. That was like a big step. And either way, it detoxed me internally, which I might not even be able to see. Yeah. Which like we, we've been having these conversations recently because I'm sure the people listening are like curious of why birth control. And he would have um, none of his clients on it. He, um, and he had a lot of pros underneath him and, um, but yeah, I like <laughs> mainly. What? I recently just figured this yeah, out guys. Yeah. No, that's what it's I was saying. Pro- it's it's like, <laughs> yeah. I have been telling Julia for like two years now because she has to do two hours of Stairmaster, like right. to start right. to see any sort of like weight drop. And I was like, dude, you work really hard. Your metabolism should be faster than this. Like mm-hmm. at, at the root, like objectively, like you should be losing more. You like, you get very lean. I just feel like it could be easier oh, it for could, you. It could be easier and it could be leaner. <laughs> right. And I was like, have you thought about getting off birth control? And you always said like, no, I've never had any issues. I've never yeah. had any problems. I see no reason to get off. And finally her coach told her, or she went to her coach and was like, by so the way, wild. I'm on birth control. And he's like, what the fuck? You yeah. didn't tell me? Right. Guys, and- I'm going to make a whole separate <laughs> yeah. like YouTube video sure on this, but it's so true. And I, a lot of competitors, not only Kendall, I think Kendall was the first one to bring it up to me, um, told me like, does birth control have any effect, blah, blah, blah. And I just didn't know that it did because when I got on birth control, it was very easy for me because there was no, I had no pendulum swing of weight, emotions. I didn't get like acne, nothing. I just got on it, had very little about it explained to me. They were like, yeah, you're, you know, it's going to be a little dose of hormones. And I'm just like, yeah, cool, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm, I don't know, maybe I was 17 or 18 at the time. And the reason I got on it was because I was just having pains in my stomach as if I had a cyst because mm-hmm. right. my mom is very prone to getting That's them. That's why I got on it too, was for cysts. Yes. And they checked me and nothing really happened. And yeah, uh, fast forward to today. And now three days ago, I got a copper IUD in, which is a non-hormonal birth control. I'm so really excited to see like TMI. how, what changes awesome. or how it changes. Yeah. Cause TMI, I feel like your prep's awesome. going to be so much easier. I now. know. I'm like so excited to prep. <laughs> My coach and I were so mad at each other. <laughs> and that was the thing, too. It's like, I remember you telling me it was like um, you were trying to dial down just a little bit and you're tweaking your peak weeks and it wouldn't change. And so it's like with these things, mm-hmm. it's not like a, this huge, crazy difference that you see. It's subtle, but it's there. And it's also like same with chemicals and all this stuff, like or gaining weight, losing weight. It's slow over time and you might not see it, but then it yeah. compounds at the end. You know? mm-hmm. Did you notice when you did get off birth control? So you said you had some kind of like physique changes, like in a couple of weeks, I'm, I'm assuming, but did you feel any different? Brain frog, um, really started clearing for sure. Another few things that, um, and it's been a long, so I wish I would have documented all as I went, Yeah. but, um, that's something off the top. Another, like a few other things you said, what did he implement was, um, to drink like distilled water, also fluoride free. So he was really about chemicals, um, iodine into your diet, um, no processed food, no processed sugars. I'm chewing gum, but he said no gum because there's a chemical in it also that can make you retain water for competing. Yep. Um, I think it's aspartame. And so he just taught me a bunch of, um, like apple cider vinegar with the mother, just like a bunch of amazing basics. And, um, and these are all little changes that add up. Right. And cutting out red dye and these chemicals that they're giving children that are really changing their brain, brain chemistry, red dye chemistry at an early age. It's in like all of our foods, processed foods. Why red dye though? Like why we need things dyed red? (laughs) 
because we're is American. It like, <laughs> is it like in Kool-Aid? Fun fact, did you know that even me, I don't know if you knew this, but even me at the grocery store, it's dyed. So yeah. it actually- So it looks like more a, red? Right, it actually has like a purple, like black color yeah. that's not appealing. So they'll dye like food to make it, not just meat, but other things as well to make it more, you know, aesthetic. So we'll be buying it. But um, so it was really good that I met him. I feel really blessed that I met him because he gave me a good grounds. I don't, I don't follow all of that now. I used to be super, super strict, but it really helped me. And um, as Ken and I had said too, I think that everyone should start there with their mental health before trying to go to pills and stuff, not to discredit any of that or to doctors, but it's also a great idea to drink more water, get healthier, eat better food, get exercise and just do the basics first. Um, and it really does help. Like it yeah. freaking helps with your mood. Yeah. It's wild. So that's just like step one. I, I feel like say. it helps with energy levels too. But especially like you were saying, like all the fatigue and brain fog after mm -hmm. the show, gaining some weight, I'm sure like taking a lot of the processed foods and sugars out. Definitely. Like I, I've taken out like a few little things recently, like even the finding out about egg whites bloating me and like mentally I feel clearer and I'm like, it's mm -hmm. so weird that there is a connection there, but the way it was inflaming my body was really affecting my mood and my mentality. That's right. very true. Yeah. I mean, when I feel the absolute best is I want to say the first two months of prep because mm -hmm. I have plenty of food. You know, I'm not like restricting so much. I'm not doing too much cardio, but there's zero processed anything. It's like all whole, whole foods. Right. And for me during those points, I even stay away from protein powders just because some bloat me shameless plug. The first form protein does not, <laughs> but, um, it's crazy. And then obviously the next two months of prep, it's like really cutting down more cardio and I start feeling fatigued. But when I started implementing like all of those high sugar, high fats, like things that have dyes afterwards, yes, it felt good, but not only could my body not handle it and I swole, I would swell up. I would also get so swollen that my, I couldn't walk because my ankles would be so swollen. It would be a short term good. Oh yeah. It would feel yeah, good. Like, like the dopamine and then, Oh my God, the bloat. And for me, I would lay at bed at night. Um, even like the first night that I was able to eat free foods after my show, obviously we kind of go wild on that first night I lay in bed. My heart was beating mm -hmm. out of it. Like because of just the sugar that I'm not used to. It's crazy. And like, even though this is a very dramatic swing of the pendulum, this is just proof that this is how we're feeling on the day to day. We just don't realize it. Right. And so all these kids having cookies and chips and all this processed food for lunch at a, a public school system might not want to sit down at their seat for eight hours a day, yeah. which therefore you could call ADD, but is it? I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> she said you could call it ADD, but is it? You're going to be like the PTO mom. And I'm so here for that. I can't wait to see what I've what been kind of mom thinking be. about and talking about is how this is mostly a United States problem. Like 100%. you do not see a lot of these dye sugars, additives in other countries. I have a client that is pretty intense gluten intolerance, just like I am. Mm -hmm. And she also has a house in Italy. And every time she goes there, she can eat all the pasta and she's fine. It's just how we process things. It's the things we add to everything that make it so bad for us. This is why they all call us dumb. Yeah, because we are. <laughs> we're dumb. Our food's making us dumb. And like, it sucks because like, like, obviously, like, we, it's like so many of us know it's wrong, but like, how do you tackle that industry? Like, the red meat industry is one of the biggest industries in the whole world. I mean, they make it impossible for us to do anything about it. Exactly. That doesn't mean that it is impossible, but just the amount of people that are in, so in control and behind the scenes in control of these things, because if it's not this way, they don't make money. And that, but at the end of the day, people care, they, those people care about making money rather than how healthy we are. So, True. It's our duty as parents, as friends to educate, educate ourselves if we can't make big shifts like that, which is sad, 100%. But, but true. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't know we were going to talk about how food is making us dumber. That's the title of the podcast. Food is it's making you dumber. <laughs> I just feel like every time I talk to Erica or like even just look at what she eats, like compared to what I eat, I'm always very like inspired and I just want to learn more it's because I've done pescatarian and I honestly like majority of my diet is fish over meat, but I still do have meat in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if I will ever make that switch again, but it is like very motivating to see like how many like raw whole foods you have in your diet compared to like me grabbing like quest chips. You yeah. Know? Like every time we're at Erica's house and we eat like the amount of veggies that this girl's eats <laughs> and I'm over here like meat, <laughs> rice, meat, potatoes, 
meat rice again. <laughs> and then she's like, veggie, 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 fruit. protein, fruit. fruit. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, yeah. Yeah. she must have great poops. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, guys. We talked about yesterday, this. Yesterday yeah. we went and got, so we had the most incredible day. We went and trained some glutes. We went and had some poke. And then we had a little girls evening. But we literally, while eating poke, like the fact that we were able to eat we poke eating, and talking dude. about poop for 30 minutes, just poop stories. And then we were kind of looking around and we yeah. were like, I really hope no one's like eavesdropping we, into this conversation. We weren't even like lowering our voice yeah. whatsoever. We're like, one time? Right. One time I pooped my pants <laughs> and we were like, okay. We all of it. Oh, it was good. It was all a good story. Um, but going back to that too, I I do think that's the key is like whole foods. Whole foods, whole yeah. Whole foods and living foods because I do just want to add in there. Living foods. Yeah. And um, and because I, I want to add in there too that the veganism um is also like different from plant-based and you can, it's also processed. So like you said, it's an organization and people want to make money. So there's, um, you know, a lot of processed meats that come from a laboratory. I'm not saying that that is better than um, an organic farm of a man who raises his, you know, and then does yeah. it, you know, in a Allah way, Allah mm -hmm. uh, type way. But anyways, um, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> but I just wanted to add that too, is that vegan can be processed as well, but that's True. the point is no matter how you're eating, just to be eating more closer to the roots and whichever that way is and living like sprouts and things that are alive like juices like they, they you literally can like feel alkaline yeah. immediately and in an alkaline state like cancer and disease cannot exist so it's very important for us to get that yeah it's so cool too because this morning zach and i went to the farmer's market here in mueller and there's all of these like farms and people that are like making them their stuff from like, I mean, with like, it's, it sounds crazy, but like with their bare hands, like Zach goes, we go every Sunday and he gets like five tubs of lamb bone broth. And it's literally just like lamb with so spices. Good. And he has a little like soup every night. And it's just crazy. Like this guy, he's there and he pickles his own pickles. And they're literally like the best pickles I've ever. I've had them. They're so good. They're so good. And he sells out like so fast. Like we have to get there at 10 a.m. And there's just so many people that like offer this thing and it's almost like i don't i don't even really trust like whole foods or sprouts though right. like even though those are probably like better options in the grand scheme of things but you but still they were still know. they were There's, still on a food truck delivered in a car versus mm -hmm. just picked three days ago right yeah. from the you know ground where it's and also i feel like what's cool with farming markets is it's seasonal that's something I want to start getting into better is actually eating seasonal fruits and vegetables versus right. the one, you know. Because, like, yeah. right now it's the winter and I'm still getting berries. And I'm like, how are <laughs> we, how too. do we have berries? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, they're genetically modified berries. I always like to say, when I go to the store, sometimes they have, like, asparagus that are, like, an inch thick. And I'm like, these asparagus are on some steroids. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? They are literally on steroids. But then the difference is, like, if you go to a farmer's market versus going to the store and see how these things look before anything is done to them, it is crazy. Yeah. Asparagus will be, like, purple. Yeah, they're yeah. smaller. They look completely different. You probably wouldn't recognize some of the vegetables. It's like, oh, crap crap yeah what are we actually eating yeah right well we learned a lot about food today <laughs> so going more into the veganism Wait, do have to pause this camera or no no okay. no, no. I just didn't know. no we We're upgraded fine. erica okay. <laughs> we don't even really like cut anything out like if you guys are listening to this and we like mess up or we say something quote unquote wrong we just keep it because we're like whatever i don't think we've ever made notes for ian to cut out for nah, us yeah nah. but i really want to go into your journey of being a vegan like let's start off with first why did you choose to make this life shift because how many years have you been on it now five five years five vegan. years vegan yeah okay and what made you switch um it was more of a spiritual decision and i think just I grew up in Tomball, like, on a farm with, like, land and, like, chickens. And then also when I was competing, I was eating all that fish a day, all that chicken a day. And on all the packages, like, you see, like, a beautiful green grass and chickens roaming. And that's what I knew. So then when I first, like, watched my factory, first factory farming video and, like, saw all the pain and the screaming that was going on in the animals at that time too i was like in a really spiritual place i was um practicing ramadan and i was already like learning about i didn't know that. you did that yeah me and my mom and some of my friends we used to practice ramadan a lot just to like practice the discipline and like learn yeah. about it and some of my really good friends um 
are Muslim, so we would go into that. So I was just, like, learning and being more conscious of meat because already in their religion, like, they can't eat pork, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I see that, and I just have always been so big about energy, friend energy, which is real. <laughs> Relationship energy, <laughs> sex energy, just everything. And so when I saw that, I just didn't want to ingest like that on an energetic level. And like I said, mm. I was very spiritual at this time. And it's just, that's, that's, that's my root of it. I mean, I evolved. think that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if, if the meat that you're consuming has negative energy in it, like you're putting that in your body, I right. feel like that definitely makes Every sense. Every time I talk to Erica, I'm like, damn it, should I be? I'm like, damn, <laughs> I ate steak that was fully processed, I not from the USDA part of the HEB. I love yesterday. water burger. Just more, more <laughs> greens and veggies. And more fruit. I'm getting there, okay. Have more greens and veggies and fruit. She does have so much of those things, and it's her food always looks so colorful and so vibrant and like alive. Mm-hmm. And like weirdly enough, like the f- the food that America is run on looks like dead. Everything's kind of like gray, like gray and brown. I know, that, yeah. was so, that was so dark when you said it. Gray. gray. <laughs> so you went pescatarian first. Then what made you switch to fully vegan? So I think um, that's what I was just thinking about that when you said that. And I'm pretty sure at this time when I watched that video it is when I went pescatarian because I was still into fitness oh, okay. and I think that. Um, I was scared. I, I definitely remember being scared. Like, how am I going to retain muscle? I've been working so hard. Like, I was very caught up in that. Like, how am I going to get this many grains yeah. of protein? Yeah, so it's scary. At that time, I was very heavily reliant on eggs and uh, fish. And then I think Instagram started getting bigger, and I started seeing a lot of um, vegan bodybuilders. Some of my good friends, like Tori, and, like, just all these people that were pro and had were ripped on a vegan diet. So I was like, wait, is this possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from there, I was like, okay. I'm gonna do it. So I started like meeting vegan friends that were really um, like educated on this whole entire thing. Started Mm -hmm. learning. Now there was a year where I did not know what to eat, and like I was (laughs) like, let me tell y'all, the transition is hard. I do want to make that. Did you go like raw vegan at first, or no? Because I was, I that no. Isn't that (laughs) include every single thing in your life is vegan? Like even like down to your shampoo. Well, raw is like raw is like like, nothing's cooked. Yeah, you can't cook the vegetables. That's oh wait, really? Yeah. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've never. I just got chills. Because when I was like, yeah, when I was like 12 or 13, I watched this video of like this raw vegan. I think she was a raw vegan. Do you remember like she would watch other YouTubers videos and like pull them apart, like, like fully roast them in her videos, like telling them everything they're doing wrong. And she was just, she was a little crazy, but I saw that really young and I was like, I'm going to be a raw vegan. So I, I was vegan for a good, like. I mean, it feels like nothing now compared to five years for you, but like six months. Right. And half of that was me trying to be a raw vegan, oh, which was awful. I've tried all <laughs> the things. Um, Not yeah, awful so, for you, just yeah. awful as a 12-year-old attempting to do that in a house full of people oh, that ate So me. true. Right. Yeah. And when you are doing stuff like that, you do have to be very cognizant of the like nutrition mm-hmm. that you're getting in and the vitamins and stuff like that. So like I said, the first year, like I was definitely bruising crazy, like crazy for well, no reason. For under eating or lack of iron? or I didn't know yet. I didn't really know exactly what to okay. eat. Like, and all the, the options that are out now weren't out then. You're so right. There wasn't vegan food in the airports at the time. There was not a Beyond Burger at the time. Yeah. That didn't exist. So yet. would you just not eat if you had to like travel or be somewhere? Yeah. Or yeah. I just eat literally like protein shake. Like, you know, it was like yeah. my so that first year was a little bit of a shift, but now there's so much education and knowledge. And then two, and my favorite thing to look up is just quick vegan recipes, like, because mm-hmm. I want it to be quick, you know? And, yeah. and it's simple now. But at the time, there was definitely that, like, transition. I have a friend, one of our friends, Katie, who is also on our show. She's been vegan for, oh, I, be, I think, about as long as you, and she's hilarious. She's a, on, She's an online coach, and she helps women switch from being not vegan to being vegan. And she does this thing. She's like the queen of the tofu sandwich. Uh And she just brings like sprouted bread and she has like a tofu slice. And then she does like an avocado slice in it. And she just eats it like a little sandwich. And every time I'm with her, she has, she's like, you know, just, if she doesn't have a little to food, go she brings snack. it in her little bag. And she's like, just queen of the tofu sandwich. You know, right. it's, it's so cute. And it's like, I bet it was difficult making that switch because you probably had to, much like bodybuilding, like bring your food everywhere because maybe people don't understand. Maybe people are like, what the fuck are you doing? And didn't understand. Um, so what was it like when you first started switching? Because I'm assuming like your family, like your mom seems like she would have been a little bit more like 
go for it, girl. Like you got this, but Mm. people around you, like what was the reaction and how difficult was it to switch? I also do feel like that was the time where like all the memes were about like vegans only eating grass. Like no one understood it. Vegans, I feel like the vegan community was also trying to be very loud to counteract that. So then there was a lot of like weird tension and it's like, just let people eat whatever the fuck they want. Like chill. Yeah. Um, so sorry, (laughs) I dropped my ring. It was so weird because it's sort of like that situation like we talked about. Like if you're sober at a bar and you're just minding your own business, like you don't really think anyone's going to bother you, but for some reason they do. And it's like, this is me eating. Like half the time, 75% of the time, you're not even around me eating. So it was really weird going to like at first family events where like they would just like pick on you like crazy, you know, like, or like Mm -hmm. not like, what's this? And often um, what I found at the beginning too is like literally some people... This just happened to me at a hibachi restaurant, but I made the guy try it regardless. But they won't even try it. They hear vegan, they literally just actually won't take a bite. And that's just mind-boggling to me. Like, you know, like, It's like immediately it. that it doesn't taste good right. or it's bad or it's gross. Yeah. 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 So I got a lot of that. Um, my mom ended up jumping on it as well. I think maybe like a year or two after. I can't remember. So that was awesome. Um, at the time, it was actually really, really cool because, like I said, we were very into health. And so my little sister was vegan too. She had cholesteatoma. So her, we actually did a study on her with her tumors in her ears and she started eating plant-based for over a year and like chewing garlic and her tumor shrunk by over 50%. So at the time, like that was really cool. So that was an actual like medical one where I didn't really get to see that part of it. But, um, so there was some support for sure, but it was just really foreign. That's why I think I cling to like vegan community online. Cause I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I I need like that support system. Mm -hmm. Um, but now it is what it is, you know, Mm -hmm. but, and you just have to handle that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that even happens when you switch to eating a certain way to just being healthy anyways. Like I remember right. when I was working in a salon, I was eating like burgers every day and like a giant venti iced frappuccino. And that was like what I ate. But when I switched to being a bodybuilder and I was having six meals a day, they were all very regimented. I got made fun of. People called me super weird. You know, they were like, Julia's not going to eat that. And then when I did eat a cookie one time, people literally freaked the fuck out. Like they actually went out into the salon and like told everybody that Julia ate a cookie. And it's like, okay, that's just making everything worse also. Um, but I can imagine too, being vegan, how it's just that compound effect. It's like, oh, yeah. you're not even going to have like regular people food. Yeah. And that's what like, I hate you? it. Cause I've always like in person, like I feel more shy. So I'm like, please stop. Like just leave yeah. me there. Yeah. You're like, yeah. like, it's like, what's the invisible. Point? Like I literally don't get it. Like people, I, I guarantee it's cause people tear down like what they can't do. And like, I look at you and I'm like, honestly, it that like you're more disciplined than me i could not eat a vegan diet right now just with my lifestyle and i think it's because of my gluten-freeness but you guys might look at that and be like i couldn't be gluten-free so i think it's like always a trade-off of people people just admire it and instead of looking up to you they try to tear you down back to their level and i was gonna say i think when you said it was the same like with bodybuilding and everything it's literally just if you do something different if you do anything yeah against the norm that's what it comes down to that's what it comes down to and i just saw this thing the other day that really helped me because i struggle with this sometimes like self or people judging you or whatever is um it was a clip and just you got this and you can make it up if you want no one's gonna know (laughs) (laughs) oh it said what anything that's like awesome right now or like doing good con or whatever yeezys or um tesla or elam all these things Anything that's successful to Apple, iPhone, was always made fun of at first, you know? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, wow. it was always, look, you know, you're not going to make it. What are they doing? That's fucking crazy. And that's just how it goes. One of my favorite so clips or quote things I saw that like goes along with that was um, this TikTok sound or like real sound that is along the lines of the people that currently make fun of you are one day going to tell people how they met you. And like, that really is so true. Like people will tear you down and tear you down until you succeed. And they're like, I knew her once, you know? Right. A hundred percent. (laughs) Burn. And just when you're making change, I think in any way that it is like that, that is, although it feels negative, like that's what, that's what change is, is moving the energy, you know? So you have to go through that. I mean, change is just life. And I think that people don't want to accept that change is life. They want to think that we live in a place where things can just be the same as it always was. That's why 2020 affected someone's everybody so difficult because we were all just living life with tunnel vision and someone, the universe disrupted it for us, for our benefit. 
and people thrived and some people didn't. I think it was a reality check, whether people took that negatively or positively. Yeah. I, I love change. 2020 was the best year of my life Yeah, because I it was the worst year change. of my life. <laughs> well, it forced you and, and yet allowed you to then flourish in social media and bring you to where you are today. Yeah. Like, you might not have done that if you still had to work at the salon every day. Oh, it's very true. And and I literally left right before I was going to lose my job. I would have lost my job and not had any money. So it's like mm-hmm. all these things are working for you if you just really take the time to realize that. Yeah. You know, the world isn't out to get you. If you think that it is, it definitely will. Your right. environment will be out to get you if you think it's that way. Isn't that crazy? It's all so simple. But we make it so damn complicated all the time. (laughs) We were talking about that yesterday. Oh, my God. At the gym, I was watching this group of guys. And they were just, (laughs) like, bebopping around. Like, I'm a guy. Not that they're dumb or anything. But (laughs) But they are. But sometimes. No, I'm kidding. But I was, like, I literally was getting ready to do my set. And I was, like, guys, I wonder what it would be like to be a dude. And then we were talking about it. We were, like, it would be so awesome. Like, I was like, so I, simple. Yeah. <laughs> like Zach it is so like simple. The thought comes to your mind and then you never think about it again. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> you don't think about it while you're laying in bed. You don't wake up thinking about it. You don't look in the mirror and then think about it again. That's another quote thing I have saved on Instagram. It's like a joking one, but it's like this little like vintage graphic, which makes it hilarious. And it's like, oh, having a good day? Try overthinking for once. And it's like, that's so true. Like I, I've never, I, I, it's funny. If you talked to me a year ago, I would be like, no, I'm not really an overthinker. Man, was I wrong about myself. This year, I really learned that I overthink everything to like the, like the utmost amount. Yeah. yeah. Kendall literally hears the wrong noise and all of a sudden now her car's getting broken into. No, Someone's stealing her and she's going to die in a fiery burning Dude, I'll fire. eat something I've never eaten before and immediately assume, what if I'm allergic? What if I'm allergic and now I can't breathe? Now I actually can't breathe and now I'm actually having a panic attack. <gasps> and I'm in public and I can't tell anyone. Yeah, that's what my brain goes through. Kendall's got some demons, bro. They're not even demons. <laughs> They're just like hanging demons. out now. At least you're aware of it. Like that's that's the thing. It's like... At least you're aware it's, it's happening, but now what? Okay, we took a tiny little bathroom break, and now we're back. Um, I think I want to dive into your mental health more because that's something you seem to be really passionate about and actively still working on. Um, so you had mentioned a little bit about, like, obviously, if you're starting to restrict yourself a little young, you were dealing with a few things mentally. If you want to start all the way back then, or you could talk about more so, like, how your mental health is looking now or, I guess, the contrast of those. Okay. Um, so I think, um, just going back and then I'll go forward, just touch back a little bit. Um, so yeah, I grew up in like a pretty intense environment. Um, and it was like nothing what it seemed outwardly. So that was like a big struggle for me because it looked all picture perfect, mm-hmm. which is always, or also still like a thing with Instagram too. So that gets to me mentally because I hated that as a kid. Um, but so it was really, you know, whatever. I was struggling with a lot of shit. Um, I didn't know my dad, so, like, abandonment issues there. And then, like, a lot of toxicity inside the house. What? Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Mm-mm. And then I had some pretty, like, dark times, I think. And we we shared some of that. And um, if you were to pinpoint, like, how young, like, the, I guess, effects of having that environment started to show within your mental health, how young were you? Three? Three? I was young. Yeah, I would say like three. Okay. At three years old, I was like in a very, already like in a pretty responsible position, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was crazy. But yeah, I would say three. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you want to touch upon like why at all? You don't have to if you don't want to share it. Um, Things have obviously changed and evolved and, you know, there's like all this stuff. But my mom was a really young mom and mm-hmm. my stepdad was even younger and they were growing up and it allowed me to see you know, they were growing up and they raised me. So my mom was 20 when she had me and he was younger. So it allowed me to have like a really unique relationship with them. I feel like me and my mom are a lot more like sisters, which is really cool. And like, we're really good now. But at the time it was like really difficult to go through. Mm-hmm. And there's like a lot of details, but I probably like, we won't go to those now. But um, it was just toxic, you know, just mentally toxic, physically toxic. It was just toxic. Yeah. So, um, that's what you're saying, right? It's just like yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah. So that was really hard, I think. And I also think that's why I put so much emphasis on parenting and why I've waited so long to 
or I take relationships I feel like we're super serious and mm. um, sex super serious and having kids super serious because it's a big responsibility and I was a child in that situation and I, you know, every generation wants to do different just like my mom did different from hers and we all succeed in that way. Mm -hmm. um, that's just something that's like always been in my mind. So I was just like really going through it. Um, didn't really have a father role to look up to probably. Mm -hmm. And then um, definitely, you know, was in a home that was very much so driven by business. So, mm -hmm. which is, has awesome. Like I, I'm very thankful for that. But at mm -hmm. the same time that, um, when you're working a lot, you're not able to do a lot of like the house type things or be there at games and, you know, parent, all that stuff. So that was just really challenging. I, from there, um, I think that everyone's struggles start maybe when they're a kid. And I think that that leads you up into the relationships that you get into and so forth and relationships with yourself and how you see yourself. And so that's where it all started. Yeah. Dark times. <laughs> yeah. I feel like all three of us use like humor to cope so it's like if we're smiling like right. don't think we're making fun of her at all yeah, yeah. cause I just like don't know how to react when people share their stories typically um, so, it, so was, it was yeah it was challenging and then um, how did that feed into then like going to high school and college and like becoming more independent and leaving that household essentially do you think that was hard to leave since you were used to it or do you think it was like a I can't wait to to be on my own oh, I can't get wait the fuck to, out I can't <laughs> wait I left at 17 um packed up my stuff got, you know I was a receptionist like got a job early at 16 mm -hmm. and did my own like got out of there as soon as possible because I will credit a lot of things to, like books and stuff like that and I read a lot and um Guys, my favorite movie is Matilda. This is just so random. It was like that vibe. <laughs> but also they came out with a remix and I like didn't watch it. I haven't seen it yet. It's but just it's been all over Y'all can never and don't ever, <laughs> ever try to do and that redo was one of my. That was one that of my favorite golden. Movies. Don't fuck with what's good. I never saw that you have to, we have to watch as that. a kid, but I watched oh, okay. it like years later and just seeing like the, um, the neglect. And mm -hmm. emotional neglect is a really big thing. And like I always say, like parents are just doing the best that they can right. with the knowledge that they have. Right. And like you said as well, you know, each generation tries to be better than the next, hopefully would try to be better than the next. Like you always hear the mom saying, I don't want to be like my mom or mm -hmm. I don't want to be like my dad because there's aspects that you can take from it that are good. Like you said, like the business mindset, and that's right. probably a really big reason why you're so successful and savvy with it today. But then there's the other aspects, like the emotional neglect that comes with it, where your parents might not be at these certain events or games or, you know, really talk to you about how you're feeling. And that can be challenging. Mm -hmm. And you feel like maybe you don't have anyone to talk to. And sometimes I know that that's how I felt. Yeah, and it was, and, and with all this being said, you know, I'm able to speak on it now because like there has been a healing process and yeah. um, like even in my family dynamics are pretty open and able to address that stuff. But books like going about like really helped me to like learn like, oh, what is healthy? Like I need to find an example of what is healthy, mm -hmm. you know? So like really like seeing all that and um, you've yeah. been through a lot is the moral. And I would say like you're the strongest person I know just like I know I still don't know every single detail of your story but like the few times you've opened up it's like like I I don't know it like made me look at my life and I obviously deal with like really bad mental health but that was all within me I never had any external factor causing that in my childhood and that's why my parents couldn't understand it at all and I couldn't go to them because they were like we give you this awesome life you know mm -hmm. um so I can't even imagine like only not only had like getting over all of that, but also like actually having like external factors yeah. that can make it possibly yeah. worse. It's kind of like when we were sorry to bring back to Ginny and Georgia. <laughs> but remember, we were watching Ginny and Georgia last night and uh, Ginny, obviously, she grew up in poverty. And this guy that she has a crush on is basically, you know, white privilege. And he, he has a lot of mental health issues. And his friend died a year ago. And she's talking to him. And she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, you have everything, you know, check your privilege. And he literally looks at her as like, just because I'm here in this place and I have all of the privilege doesn't mean that my emotions aren't valid. Yeah. And right. I think that's huge yeah. that I, people discredit yeah. how you're feeling and it doesn't matter how you got to where you are or what happened. Yeah. I guess we can say that someone had it worse than the other, but it doesn't discredit where you are. I also think that goes along with like the whole like perfect white picket fence looking family doesn't always mean like you don't know what goes behind 
on behind closed yeah. doors. What goes behind beh- on behind that <laughs> is, so bad at is that words is that now you're you're growing up thinking that you have to be perfect, mm-hmm. that you can't have any struggles, that you have to hide everything, that you always that, have that's to. That's the one right there. You have to put on that phrase. Like we've all had our moms do this to us, and I'm sure I'm going to do it as a mom. Where it's like you have a big old fight. And it's like, okay, now put on a smile. Let's go to church on Sunday and pretend to be a perfect family. That's also very difficult because now you grow up and you think that now I have to smile when I'm inside I'm dying. And now I have to put on my makeup and do my hair and pretend everything is okay when really I want to be in sweats on the couch crying with ice cream. And that can be just as difficult thinking that everything needs to be sunshine and rainbows all the time. And we're just great. We're a family. We love each other. Everything's great. Right. I think Erica still does that to a degree. And I, do I, I feel like every time I've seen you still in a somewhat dark place, it takes us being like, let's lay down on the couch and eat some ice cream and watch a movie. You don't have to work right now. You don't have to be so hard on yourself right now. And those are little reminders you sometimes can't give yourself. Sometimes yeah. you need people around you that can recognize that you're a little off or whatever it is, you know? That's right. true. And like you said, just like it's it's been good to have friends and over time just like seeing too, once you're in a flight or fight, flight or fight state for so long um it's like a refreshing feeling to like it's so important to feel safe and whatever you are and it's really hard to open up in any regards until you do so like that's so cool to be able to have friends and people to have a safe space to open up to because it feels so good you know i also like how like curious and still evolving in the mental health space you are mm-hmm. like you randomly come at me with the most insane questions. I'll be oh like brushing my hair in the mornings. Like if I sleep over at Erica's, I'm like brushing my hair in the morning. And she's like, so you mentioned suicide. Can I get, <laughs> can I get all of your detailed experiences with that? And yeah. I'm like, okay, we're doing this. She's like, Hey, what's the meaning of life? You're like, oh, oh, swallows toothpaste. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that's like my favorite trait about you, though, is like you are curious and you genuinely like want to know how others are feeling and experiencing. And and I feel like those conversations is what so many people shy away from. And that's why, like, I'm very excited for you to have a podcast because I feel like you really are that like, I just want to uncover what other people go through and what I go through, you know, right. definitely. I think it's cool. One of the last questions that I want to ask you is how do you think that whole white picket fence, pretend to be perfect, put on a brave face has affected you now? Because I know how it's affected me, so I'm curious on your end. I think that, you know, leaving my 20s this year, uh, the biggest thing that I've definitely learned is that patterns and habits are real, and you have to be highly aware of them. And even when you do the work every single day, just like with eating and food or mental health, it's you still have to do it. You could be showing up your best self, but you're still going to have demons. Even when you're showing, you know, some people aren't even able to do that. But even when you are, you still have that. And um, you said, <laughs> how did it affect me today? I feel like those patterns and habits are something that I'm aware of. And I can see that. But I definitely still can also feel and I, I'm able to shift it, but I can still feel that pattern within me. Mm-hmm. Is it so, hard for you to break and, it? And that's what I mean is um, I'm aware, but I find myself still struggling, maybe protecting protecting mm-hmm. people possibly. Mm-hmm. Is that how we would say it? Um, or like what you just said, not comp- um, smile. I don't know. Like I just find myself still doing that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or for a long time, maybe I would – and maybe I'm protecting, scared of the truth. Not myself, but that was put on me. Scared mm-hmm. to speak the truth. Mm. And I think that that's something that, you know, I've been working on. Still. Yeah. That's so true. Because you know, yeah. maybe you weren't, maybe There's, it's not necessarily like allowed, but it's given the space and the opportunity to just be like upfront and vulnerable with whatever it is that's going on, that doing it now, like, the only way we're going to get better at it is through practice, whether that's setting a hard boundary with a friend, whether that's um, posting on social media, whether you're thinking it needs to be perfect and you're still holding it back and you have to just, okay, I'm just going to post it how it is. Mm-hmm. Those are also examples of just being raw and true and real mm-hmm. in the moment that you are now and not curating it 
before it comes out, you know? Right. Right. And um, ultimately, I feel like it all goes back to self-love. But I, I do feel like that, and that that's the thing, is that when you're not speaking your truth, you're not really loving yourself, you know? And um, that's that's something that I think we all work on, you know? Is that something, or, like, mental health in general, I guess, you started working on recently? Or was this, like, as you were in these environments and experiencing any sort of toxicity, were you realizing it in the moment? Or did it take, like, being removed from it to start working on it? As far as like speaking truth, is that it? Uh, not just speaking truth, but also just like, I guess getting out of depressive states or like becoming more self aware about those patterns and stuff. No, yeah, I was, I was like, I was learning as quick as I could because I was not only trying to help myself, I was trying to help the situation and um, older people, you know, my mom and my mom. Yeah. So I was really trying to learn to guide her. So I really played like a parenting point at that yeah. time. So I was like really, which can also put a lot of pressure on you and yeah. can affect you negatively too, because now. Not only do you have your own mental health on your shoulders, but you have maybe your sisters, maybe your brothers, maybe right. your moms, maybe your dads. And there are those positions in the family that unintentionally you're put on as a role of second parent. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I say speak the truth, and when you said that, it's maybe like speaking up for yourself. So even just healthy boundaries like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I mean by my, my, my truth. Not necessarily like there's this truth that happened, but just not not articulating where hey, I need to love myself more here and I need to say this and do this and, you know, walk in that. And you've really helped me a lot with that. To not, really not, not me too. Not be, and, and I shouldn't be scared. I don't know why I am, but something along the way made me scared or fearful of just saying what I need, whether that was um, fear of rejection, fear of not, I don't know. But, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, really standing, this is what I need. And knowing that and being feeling worthy of that as if you won't, you know, yeah. And one of the biggest fears that we have about setting boundaries, which boundaries are a scary word because we think that they have to be hard and it's like, no, and I have to do this and that they're selfish. And we grow up in a society where setting boundaries of just how to treat me, you know, how to show up for me, right. um, what I will and will not expect are bad. Right. And that's very hard to do when you've also, or you have to rewire all that when you've seen oh, you're, ex- you're supposed to accept the least of the least. Yeah. Or that's what you've been, you yeah. know, you've, you've been taught. Yeah. So then you're like, wait, no, I need to rewire all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even if you see just in your parents or your friends or your partner, just because it's not taught, it's caught as a child. Maybe you're seeing mm-hmm. how your mother is being treated right. by her significant other, or maybe you're seeing how your, your dad treats the son. You might not be taught these things, but they're definitely caught. And you don't even realize it, but it's like, oh, okay, there's uh, there's no boundaries with personal space. Oh, there's no uh, freedom with how we speak to each other and how we interact. It's like, okay, now I know this is programmed and I can't do X, Y, and Z. And this Mm -hmm. is where the rewiring comes where it's like, oh, you know. I also think that's why, Mm because Erica and I have talked about putting up walls. I think we do that to protect ourselves. So we see these certain circumstances or have these experiences that happened in our past and it causes us to put up walls so that that doesn't happen again. But sometimes those walls can be too big. Yeah, and now you're not letting anyone in. um, And now you're very isolated and lonely. I feel like it can be a positive or a negative, like depending on how far you take things. Right, and I've been digging deeper into that. And it's like this child state where it's like you feel like, um, or like why we set up these walls or whatever is like, because we're obviously you feel like you can't handle getting let down or hurt or being vulnerable at that time. And like, it goes back to the childhood of like, literally as you were, you're whatever, you know, imagine yourself when you were like five and see her, like she feels like she can't handle that, but you can, and you have to respect her and love her and show her that you can on that way. You know, mm-hmm. that's really cool. We talked a little bit and this can be our last topic. If you want to <laughs> wrap it up soon. Um, you told me you were going to try hypnotherapy. I haven't right. seen you since then. Right. I know that that is now like a newer way of dealing with your inner child or dealing with like your very, very deep hidden past trauma. Right. I don't have updates for you. Oh, okay. I was going to say, did you like it? went really bad. Oh, no. But, no, no, not bad. Like I did, like it went bad. It's like I got 15, there, 15 minutes late and he wouldn't take me. God. So. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I still want, I still want to do it. So yeah, let so, me know if you do. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm looking into two other people. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you more. Instantly <laughs> scared. I'm like, ah! yeah, my child like, oh, no. is running away now. Yeah. She's hiding. Um, if we're closing it up too, I want to 
like add a little bit of just something that I heard recently that really brought me back to sometimes I struggle with, you know, on those dark days, like what's my purpose, what keeps me driven. And when I struggle with that, there's like a few things that I go to my younger child, my future self, and then like spiritual and like, oh, I'm doing this, you know, for all that. But sometimes I forget. Sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes even my family doesn't motivate me enough on accident. And I hate that it's that way, but sometimes I've gotten that low or sometimes I don't, my past self and do this for her or do this for your future self doesn't motivate me enough. Um, But recently I like saw and listened to this thing and it said, it just reminded me why. And all of us have have our own experiences and our past trauma and whatever that looks like. But it just reminded me that the whole point is to shine your light, whether it's religion to show whatever who your God is or the universe to show that you can get past all this and demonstrate that light so you can give it to others. Mm. And um, it just put it into perspective because I don't know if something like sometimes for me, something here isn't like enough of a motivator. And it made me think, um, wow, okay, like, this isn't even about me. Like, I need to show my light. So no matter what you've been through and your traumas and all of these things, everything's a part of it and destiny, and it's bringing you to this point on purpose. And be grateful for for, for that, you know? And like I said, like, all this shit has happened, but, like, I'm so blessed. You like, wouldn't be who or where you are now And like you it. said with the eating thing, it's like, I can't even necessarily, I still have things that, like I said, have, like, patterns that I can feel. But I can't, I don't feel how I felt 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, how I feel now. I almost can't feel the same because it's different because I have taken myself so far out of that, you know? Um, but I just wanted to reiterate that and, you know, go out there and like uh, social media was huge because we met so many like-minded people and mm-hmm. like, I feel like that's such a big blessing. So just go out there and like work through it and keep going I love I that. Love on that. mental that's health, on food, on all of it. And it all comes together. Like yeah. we're doing such cool endeavors now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, really? Right. And like, this is so cool. Like think what I would we be doing this if we didn't have all those things. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. No, Very I mean, uh, my past self would not be doing this. Right. My past self didn't even talk to other human beings, right. let alone talk to a camera or interview people. Not at all. It's crazy. Yeah. Just think in that thought alone is thinking about yourself a couple of years back. And if you feel like you're not growing, just think about yourself a couple of years back where you were mentally, maybe physically, you know, what you had or didn't have. There's been some growth there. Right. Something has changed. You've moved past something and that should be enough to okay, like, OK, I got that. Right. At least I got that. Um, the last question that we asked all of our guests to come on is, when was the moment that you know knew how powerful you really were? That surface level, I would say. <laughs> you know, I've got like three answers. That surface level, I would say, the like learning that obviously I didn't look any, like have abs or any muscle inside at the time. So just learning that you can actually physically transform your body was my first like, oh, wow, your mind can really physically transform something. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I guess that's when I first tapped into powers. And mm-hmm. then I think Matilda, like I wanted to move the water too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You sound like Zach right now. It's hilarious. Well, that's, this has been great, guys. We've talked about a lot of different things. So thank you, Erica, for being on, for being such a good friend to both of us. We'll have all of her information down in the description. So you can guys, you can like check her out. She has a YouTube channel. She has all these incredible things coming Erica's out. Erica's literally amazing. That we can't talk about. Things, so. And I'm very I love y'all. excited for No, you. we can't talk about them. Yeah. It's a secret. Yes. And as always, guys, we love you all so much. And you are more powerful than you think. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Know Your Power podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend and rate and review the show. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like to be answered on the show, feel free to email us at knowyourpowerpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, bye. Bye.